<laughs> well, good morning, Springbrook. Welcome into the house of the Lord for worship this morning, and Happy New Year to all of you. Special, like, props to those of you who are on time at the 9 o'clock service. Awesome. Really proud of you guys. Thanks for being here this morning. We are excited to be entering into a brand new year of worshiping the Lord together, of encountering Him in this place and just being able to experience him and the ways that he will work in us, in this community, and in those around us as well. So we're glad that you're here. We're excited that you have joined us. If you're worshiping with us online at our 9 o'clock service, we have online hosts available for you who would love to pray with you and answer any questions you have. So please participate in the chat throughout the service as you feel led. We want you to feel connected to this community and what the Lord is doing here, regardless of where you are, what's going on in your life today. So we encourage you to get engaged there. Well, I'd love to invite you to stand as you are able in body or spirit for our call to worship, which today comes from Isaiah 43. And Isaiah the prophet writes this. He said, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. And this is what the Lord says. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. We are the people that God formed for himself, that we might declare his praise. Let's do just that together this morning. Let's sing together. Father of mercy, King of all kings, even in darkness I will sing, I will sing. Cause I've been set free, running out of the grave, set free, all my sin washed away, set free, breaking out of the chains, and I'm alive.
sing your goodness. I will sing your grace. I will love you all my days, all my days. I will sing your goodness. I will sing your grace. I will love you all my days, all my days. Oh, my soul, lift up the name of the one who saves. He reigns forever. Praise God, praise God from 
shoulders, bring your addictions, come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting, God so loved the world.
the earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbears to shine, but God who called me here below will be Amen. God's grace is amazing, and we've come together this morning to give Him glory and to celebrate that grace. And we're going to be starting a series through Psalms today, now through Psalm 119. But my study through Psalms this past week, I've just been reminded of how great God is, how wonderful is His Word. In Psalm 19, which really kind of gives us the baseline for the whole book of Psalms, it says this in verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You know, the book of Psalms is a, uh, it's an opportunity for us to worship God. And we've come together this morning to worship him. Communion is a part of our worship service this morning. It's an opportunity for us to reflect and think about the significance that Christ has in our life, the significance that God's word has in our life. It's an opportunity to celebrate uh, the grace that is ours in Christ. It's also an opportunity to recognize that he alone is our rock and our redeemer. I love that. He is our rock and our redeemer. As we prepare to move into a new year together, we're celebrating God's faithfulness this past year. We're looking forward to all that he has for us in this new year. It's a good opportunity for us to stop and reflect and just kind of reset our minds about where our priorities are and what's important to us and reflect and to give thanks. And so we're going to be doing that this morning as we celebrate communion. It's an opportunity for us to reflect back on the saving work of Christ on the cross. It's an opportunity for us to remind ourselves that we're waiting with eager anticipation about his return. So we come together this morning to celebrate communion, to to celebrate and also to give thanks with eager anticipation as we wait on his second return. Jesus was with his disciples on that last supper, and he was reminding them that he's going to be leaving them. And he, he pulls them together for this last meal, and he says, look, whenever you come together to eat or drink, do it in remembrance of me. And so this morning, as we come together for communion, it's an opportunity for us to remember and to give thanks for what Christ accomplished on the cross. It's also an opportunity for us, like Psalm 1914 says, may the meditations of our heart be acceptable in his sight. And so it's an opportunity for us to evaluate our lives as well. And so Jesus, when he was with those disciples, lifted that bread up and he said, this bread is reflective of my body, which was broken for you. Whenever you eat it, do this in remembrance of me. Then after he'd finished drinking, he lifted the cup up and he said, this cup is reflective of my blood that was shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Whenever you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me. And so as we participate in communion together, this is a good opportunity for us to reflect and remember, to give thanks, and also to pray that God would set our hearts and our minds right as we prepare to enter the new year together. And so during this next song, we want to invite you to come forward and take the elements with you. There's two cups. You can take one with bread and juice, and then you can take those back to your seat during the next song and participate in communion as the Lord leads. And if you are sitting and it's difficult for you to come to the front, if you want to just raise your hand, we have members of the communion team on the back that will bring communion with you. But let's take these next few moments just to reflect, to celebrate, to remember and anticipate and set our hearts as we prepare for the new year. Father, I just thank you for your faithfulness in our own lives, in our ministry. And God, uh, we just pray that you would continue to 
draw each of us closer to yourself. God, that our hearts and our minds would be right before you. Uh, God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift of your son. Uh, We look forward to all that you have for us as we prepare to enter this new year together. God, we set our lives apart. We set this ministry apart and this day apart for you and for your glory. And uh, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so you can just make your way during this uh, next song to the front. In the dawn of the King, be the theme of heaven's praises, broken frail humanity. In our longing, in our darkness, now the light of what has come. Look to Christ who condescended, took on flesh. Come behold the wondrous mystery, be the perfect Son of Man, in His living, in His suffering, never trace no stain of sin. See the true and better Adam come to save the help of man. Christ the great and unfulfillment of the law in him we stand. Come behold the wondrous mystery. Christ the Lord upon the tree In the stead of ruined sinners Hangs the Lamb in victory See the price of our redemption See the Father's plan unfold 
bringing many sons to glory, grace unmeasured, breath untold. Come behold the wondrous mystery, stained by death the God of life, but no grave there restrain him. Praise the Lord, he is alive. What a foretaste of deliverance. How unwavering our hope. Christ in power resurrected as we How unwavering our hope, Christ in power, resurrected as we will be when he the Lord together in prayer this morning. Father, we are just so, so in awe of you, in awe of what a master storyteller you are, the way you crafted this story, and you've invited us into it. You've invited us to take part in this grand redemption narrative, this grand thing that you've called us to participate in. What a beautiful way to start our year at the table of our Lord, remembering exactly why it is that we are here, exactly what enables us to stand before you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you for the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for his death and his resurrection and his ascension and that he is at your side right now, seated on the throne and reigning over all. And so we can step into this new year knowing that the right person is in charge. No matter what we're facing, no matter what fears we have, no matter what anxieties we might feel when we turn on the news or we scroll through our phones, like the right person is in charge. The right one is on the throne and we can, we can rest in that. We can rest in the fact that you hold us, that you are with us. As we have just celebrated at Christmas, you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. So whatever this year may bring us, we are not in it alone, and we praise you for that. We're excited to be in your presence this morning. We are excited to be together, and we know that you have something for us. Something of yourself to reveal to us. Something about who you've called us to be that you want to invite us into further. And so we ask you Holy Spirit, to just give us eyes that are wide open to see you. Will you open our ears that we might hear your voice? Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time, let us hear your voice this morning. Will you open our hearts and our minds that we might receive you fully? You don't want us to just hear these words. You don't just want us to accomplish tasks. You want to form us into more of who we are supposed to be. Help us to become who you've created us to be, we pray. 
all of this is for you. God, every moment of this is for you. Every breath that we breathe, every song that we sing, every word that we pray, it's in Christ Jesus' name. We offer all of this to you in him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. We need a longer sermon bumper. <laughs> and we are so glad that you are uh, with us this morning. Uh, we hope you had a great New Year celebration last night. How many of you went to bed before midnight? How many of you stayed up and made it till midnight? Everybody else made it up? Yeah, right. Hey, you get extra points for being here. It's hard to get up in the morning. I went to bed last night at uh, 9.30 thinking, okay, I got to get up early and I laid in bed, and I told all my kids, okay, I'm going to bed, good night, and midnight it started dinging, dinging, and then the neighbors had a firework festival out there, and everybody was screaming, so I got, I got up at midnight. <laughs> Wasn't my plan, <laughs> but we are glad that you are with us today as we kick off this new year, and uh, we're excited about what God has for us as we move into 2023, and we hope you're excited about it as well. If you're watching with us online, uh, we're glad you're with us as well. I had an opportunity to talk to Mike and Carol Seymour, who are down in Texas, and so they're watching uh, online with us this morning. And so if you're watching online, we're glad you're um, here as well. In the chat, tell us what time you woke up. Uh, just say hi and let us know what time you woke up. We've got some online hosts that are there available for you to pray with you or ask or any questions that you might have. And so, But we're glad you're with us today. If you are in person, you've got that connection card in your seat, so I'd appreciate it if you could just take that out and Put your first and last name on there, the names of any adults that are with you. If this is your first time with us in Springbrook, uh, we're glad you're here as well. You can put as much information on that connection card as you feel comfortable sharing, and uh, there's a place for you to turn that in towards the back. There's a little box you can uh, drop that in. Also wanted to just to take a moment to celebrate our year-end offering. Uh, we are $23,000 of our $25,000 goal, so we're almost there. So thank you for all of uh, those that have been participating in that. Uh, we, I know that is a huge, that is a... A huge blessing for our ministry. We have some exciting things happening uh, with staff next year. We're working on some things with uh, some church planting initiatives, and we're expanding our reach on global missions. And so thank you for putting us in a position to start uh, the year well. And thank you for just the way that you uh, faithfully and generously give to the work of uh, the ministry here at Springbrook. We are uh, really excited about what God's doing and grateful for your partnership uh, in ministry. And then, guys, I know we've got, I think we have three men that have signed up so far for no regrets. <laughs> so you have a month. <laughs> so don't, uh, don't wait too late. I know if you register early, I think you're going to get a, a T-shirt that got some gifts available. Guys, be sure and mark your calendar for the No Regrets Conference. It's going to be right here at Springbrook on February 4th. It's a little bit different of a format this year. If you're familiar with that in the past, it's going to, I think it goes from 8 to 1, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, check out the information on the website. Uh, be sure to register. And uh, if you've got any questions, just uh, visit the website. It's on our app as well. Uh, and then Pastor Matt or any of the team uh, will be able to answer any questions that you might have. And then uh, lastly, just wanted to let you know we're kicking off a new series today. It's, it's through Psalm 119. And so for the past several weeks, I've been studying the Psalms. And I, the Psalms are so rich. There's 150 Psalms. I'm thinking, that's like 150 sermons you could get out of the book of Psalms. It's a long book. And uh, it's really exciting. I'm really excited about the opportunity we're going to have just to look at, just get a little glimpse 
some passages out of Psalm 119 through this series for the next couple weeks. And we have a couple of resources available for you. We have, uh, I think, uh, 50 of you have already signed up for our online uh, Bible reading plan on Version. I sent an invitation out to 100, and 50 of you, I think, have already jumped in on that. So we're going to be uh, kicking off a 22-day reading plan through Psalm 119. And uh, you can uh, find information about that. You can sign up right now at springbrook.org slash Bible plan. If you haven't downloaded our Springbrook Church app, um, it's on there as well. But I want to encourage you to jump in and, and read along. It's good just to do a daily devotion. It's a quick, you know, reflective thought, a passage that you can look on, and then an opportunity for us to share some thoughts and questions together. And so uh, if you haven't followed Springbrook on version, you can do that as well. But um, sign up for our Bible reading plan if you haven't done that yet. And then we also have a 21-day study guide that uh, will go with this series. Those are available out at the uh, Ministry Center counter uh, this morning. You can pick one of those up. You can do it in your small group. You can do it with your family, by yourself. Um, it's, not a guided, uh, it's not a guided study. And so uh, the messages each Sunday will be going through Psalm 19. So it's not, a, it's not like a sermon alignment series, but it's a great resource for you uh, to get, get a little bit deeper into some of the uh, just the wonderful things that we're going to find together as we go through Psalm 119. And then I'll have some additional resources um, for you next week. There's some journals out there. Stop by the Resource Center if you haven't. Um, all the materials out there, by the way, I think are $10. Uh, these study guides, I think, are 5 and so if you've got any questions about that, um, Laura will be out there, and then I'll be out there after the service as well. But we'd love to resource you as we kick off this new year together and kind of root ourselves in what God has for us in this new year. This is a good opportunity for us to kind of hit the reset button as we go into the new year. Does anybody want to reset off of last year? You know, this is a good opportunity for us to say, hey, we're starting over. <laughs> this is a new year, and so we want to start the new year you know, grounded in what God has for us individually and together. And so we're going to kick off this series with uh, Psalm 19, and then uh, in February we're going to be kicking off a new series in the book of Proverbs as we look at wisdom. We need a lot of wisdom as we move through the year, and so wisdom is going to kind of set the theme for us in Springbrook as we move through this next year. We, we, want, we want God to give us wisdom. We have to ask for it. God promises to give it to us, and so we find it in his word. And so uh, we're going to be moving through a couple of fun series as we move through the year, and so we're glad that uh, you're with us today. Uh, stick with us as we uh, kick off um, this series, and then uh, if you've got any questions, please let us know. But the book of Psalms helps us to express our heart towards God. It's, it's, the Psalms are filled with worship. It's all, it's all words to pray to and songs to sing to God. And so the book of Psalms is really a great book um, just to repeat out loud if you're trying to figure out how to pray um, you know, the book of Psalms is a great way. Just read those passages out loud, and they'll kind of set the tone for your prayer life. The book of Psalms is it's all about our heart for God as we, as we think about that vertical connection um, to Him. Horizontally, we're connected to each other. You know, we've gathered together. But our vertical connection with God is really expressed more fully as you read through the Psalms. In Psalm 119, we're going to be looking at, it really stands out because it kind of sets the anchor of the importance of the reliability of Scripture in our lives. And so one of the things I love about Psalm 118 is it's, it's an anchor that kind of sets the stage for who God is and who we are and how to have a relationship with him. And so the book of Psalms uh, 119 is just really, it's a popular psalm. It's one of the longest psalms in the Bible. It's one of the longest chapters. You can, if you have your Bible, just open it up to the middle, you're going to drop right in Psalms. And so there's a couple of fun facts about uh, Psalm 119 that we're going to be looking at. But all the psalms point us to the goodness and the greatness of God. Uh, some of the most life-changing passages for me in scripture, came out of the book of Psalms. In fact, uh, I was, uh, uh, when we first moved to Illinois, I was not a uh, Christ follower. I did not have a relationship with Jesus. And, and uh, I had some things, I was kind of crying out to God. There were some things going on in my life. And I thought, okay, God, if you're real, I need some help. <laughs> 
So I started attending a church. I came into a church, you know, like maybe you might have this morning, or maybe you're watching online this morning. You're just coming in, it's like, okay, it's a new year. I'm throwing myself out there, God. I need you to show up. And so I found a Bible that my wife had laying around and, and uh, started reading through that. And I came across Psalm, uh, Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2. And it was one of those passages that just kind of gripped my heart. In addition to some other passages I've shared, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 9, 10, 11, tells a story about a guy named Cornelius. But I stumbled across Psalm 40, verses 1 through 2, and it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. I wasn't waiting very patiently. I was crying out. <laughs> like, God, if you're there, I need some help. And I, this passage just riveted me because it's like I waited patiently for the Lord. And look what it says. He inclined his ear to me and he heard my cry. God hears us. And so when we cry out to him, he hears us. And that passage just gripped me because it's like, okay, well, he hears me. And so I'm crying out to God. And then it says this, he drew me up from that pit of destruction out of that miry bog and he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. I just love the imagery of that. That miry pit, that pit of destruction. He lifted me out of it and he placed my feet on firm ground. I thought, I want that. I'm in a miry pit. How do I get out of that? And through my discovery, starting with Psalms, I came to realize that it was through a relationship with Christ that we really get to understand the fullness of what that looks like. And so Psalm 40 for me was really a benchmark passage. And then my family, I made a faith commitment. My family got a, me a Bible. And, and so I kept reading through the Psalms. And, and uh, Psalm 1 was one of those passages that I, one of the first passages I ever memorized. I taught it to my kids. And, you know, he blesses the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't stand in the, in the way of sinners nor see in the in the seat of scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And so our delight comes from meditating on the word of God. We're not to walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the the seat of scoffers. You know, when I started reading this passage, as I started growing my faith, I realized none of the friends I had around me (laughs) were, were encouraging me in my faith. I didn't know any Christ followers, except for the few guys that I had met in church. And so I joined a men's group, and I, I, I changed who I was walking with. You know, you don't walk in the counsel of those that are not going to encourage you in the faith. You know, you're not going to stand. You're not going to stand in the way. And it doesn't mean get in their way. It means do what they do. I'm not going to stand in their ways. I'm not going to be like them. I'm not going to sit in the seat of scoffers. My delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in season and its leaves do not wither. And in all he does, he prospers. You know, the blessing for us, that, prosp- that prospering is the blessings that God gives us. It's not, hey, I put a quarter in, I'm going to get a million dollars. It's not blessings like we think of blessings, but it's blessings of understanding the fullness of who God is and what his plans are for us. That's blessing. And so as you read through Psalms, specifically as we look at Psalm 119 uh, this week, we're going to find the blessings that God gives us as a result of being rooted in his word. In Psalm 19, the passage I shared for communion talks about the importance of letting the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in his sight. He is my rock. He is my redeemer. As we talk to God through prayer, as we read our psalms out loud, as we talk to God, that's pleasing to him. The words of our mouth and the meditation of my hearts are, are studying scripture and applying scripture and thinking about what does this mean to me. And so this talking and listening to God is a pattern on speaking with our mouths. It's, it's talking to him through prayer, but also listening to him as we read his word. 
And so many people, when they think about their relationship with God, they, you know, I used to work at a company, and, and uh, after I became a believer, people walked to the door and said, hey, could, could you pray to the big guy for me? I was like, yeah, sure. And then after a while, I was like, hey, yeah, come on in here. We're just going to pray together. <laughs> you know, for many people, the relationship with God is nothing but talking to God. I've been telling him what I want. I've been telling him what I want. He's not listening. Well, he is listening. You know, you're not listening. And so we talk to God through prayer. We talk to God as we read these psalms out, but we listen to God as we meditate on his word. And meditation of our hearts, may they be acceptable in his sight. He is our rock and our redeemer. And we, our relationship with him grows as we talk and we listen to him. I think it was uh, Wilhelm Van Gemeren was my Old Testament seminary professor. I was looking through my notes and I had this quote. I think it was him. He says this about the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms illuminates the greatness of our God. It affirms his faithful to us in times of trouble, and it reminds us of the absolute centrality of his word in our life. You know, as you read through the book of Psalms, you can't help but be gripped by the greatness of God. And so the book of Psalms is just, it's a, it's just a wonderful book to read. It's 150, 150 chapters. And so, it, you know, that might be a good thing for you to read. I've invited people to read along with us as we read through Psalm 119. Um, I know several people are reading through the Bible this year. And so if you haven't picked up something to read, you're, you're thinking about next year, Psalms is a good book to work through this year. And so it's just, it's filled with the greatness and the sovereignty of God. The collection of Psalms traditionally has been divided into, into five books. And so scripturally, it kind of compares to maybe like the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And so uh, Chuck Swindoll is a Bible teaching ministry, uh, Insight for Living, uh, summarized the book of Psalms like this. I really like this because you see it's broken up into the five books. Historically, the, the, the Jewish writers collected these Psalms in, in five different books. And Psalm 1 through 41 is in book 1. Um, you've got 42 through 72 in the second book, 73 through 89, so on and so forth. And so the Psalms are pulled together in these collections of writings, and, and each one of these collections has a summary. And so the first 41 books of Psalm talk about our humanity. And so this is where God met me, was Psalm 40, right? And Psalm 1, it was in my brokenness, in my humanity. And you get a sense of that when you're reading through Genesis. You've got God's created the heavens and the earth. It's great. And, and all of a sudden, Adam and Eve sin, and we're confronted with our sin. And so, you know, there's this personal reflection that uh, as you're reading through the first 41 books of Psalms will really kind of speak to your humanity. And as you get into the second book, it's uh, Psalm 42 through 72. It talks about our deliverance, about the hope that we have in Christ and talks about God's promises and his steadfastness. And then Leviticus kind of tailors to the 73 through 89 Psalms and we get a sense of what it means to be in the sanctuary of God. What is this, what is this when we come together? We're, we're in the sanctuary. Why do we call this a sanctuary? Well, God's presence is in here. And so the church is wherever we go, right? And so if we were all outside, the church would be meeting out there. You know, but we're gathered together in here in a, in a sanctuary. It's, it's not that the dwelling place of God is here when we're gone. When we leave, this is, this is an empty building. <laughs> There's nothing in here. God's presence isn't in here. You know, through Christ, he's in us. And so as you read through Psalm 73 through 89, you get a sense of what does it mean to be a part of the sanctuary of God. And then uh, Psalm 90 through 106 talks about the reign of God. And then we're in Psalm 119 which falls into this last book, which is about the importance of the word of God in our lives. And so we're talking about the importance of God's word. And so um, uh, when you, but you think about the Psalms, it's all summarized up in that passage in, 19, in 1914. It's, it's the meditations of our heart and the words of our mouth. It's that relationship with God that we're cultivating as we read through uh, the book of Psalms. Psalm 119.66 kind of frames up for us um, our series for the next 
uh, several weeks. It's about, you know, about the teaching of God's Word. It's about having good judgment and knowledge and believing in His commandments. Uh, verse 66 says, teach me good judgment and knowledge. And so good judgment and knowledge, is, it's, it's wisdom. The other word for judgment there is wisdom. Teach me wisdom. And wisdom is what to do with what you know. And so it's not just about filling our minds with knowledge, which is important. We need wisdom. What do we do with what we know? Teach me that. And so we cry out to God as we move into this new year. We're, this is a great prayer for us. God, teach us good judgment and knowledge. I believe in your commandments. And so that's the foundation for our ministry here at Springbrook. It's a good foundation for each of us as we think about what God has for us in this new year. Where does the Bible fit into the centrality of our lives? What guides us? Where's our priority? Psalm 19 really just kind of frames up the importance of what that looks like for us. It's a popular song, longest, longest book in the Bible, get to the middle, and it's really structured uniquely. So when you look at the uh, book of Psalms 119, and if you've got a Bible, you can open it up with it. You, you might find some interesting patterns in there. I'm just going to talk you know, briefly about the patterns. There's, there's 22 uh, letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and each section of Psalm 119 is broken up to correspond to a letter of the alphabet. And so there's 22 um, sections, and there's eight verses in every section. And so that's where you get 176 verses, 176 verses in uh, Psalm 119. It's because of the way it's structured. And so the first eight, first eight verses are all based around that, the letter A for the Hebrew alphabet. And so then you've got the letters B, uh, verses 9 through 16, and then Gimel, verses 17 through 24, so A, uh, A, B, G. And so you've got these letters of the Hebrew alphabet that have set the structure for Psalm 119. So when you're reading down through that, um, you'll see this structure. So you'll see the word Alf at the beginning of uh, verse 1. You'll see Bait at the beginning of verse 9 and so on and so forth. And so it's structured with intentionality so that uh, it allows really the reader to memorize uh, God's Word a little bit easier. And so as you're reading through verses 1 through 8, the other thing that's interesting is every single one of those verses starts with a word that corresponds to the letter A. And so verses 1 through 8 all start with the letter A. So it kind of looks like this. And so you've got the Aleph, and so you've got the, um, you've got the blessed are those. Uh, verse 1, you've got the blessed are those. You know, it starts with an A. And then you've got also blessed are those in verse 3. And then you get to the, oh, that my ways in verse 4. And as you read down through, it's then, I will praise, I will. And so all of those words in Hebrew start with the letter A. And so when you're reading down through verses 1 through 8, you kind of miss it in the English. But it's structured in a way that the, that the Hebrew writers and those early readers would have been able to reflect and meditate on it uh, in a very unique way. And then each, bio, each, each chapter or each of those sections of verses um, correspond to a big idea. And so if you think about how many, how many words can you think of that start with the letter A? How many words can you think of that start with the letter B? Well, for, for each one of these sections, um, just based on the words that they collected. So if you took all the words that started with A, it was kind of a big idea. And so verses 1 through 8 really talk about, you know, the blessings of obedience. All the words that fall into those first eight verses have something to do with the blessing that comes about as a result of obedience. I will. I will praise you. Blessed are those that meditate on your law. Those are all signs of blessings of obedience. When you ever move into verse 9 through 16, all those words that start with B really talk about the purification and being cleansed by God's word. And then the next section, all those words start with words that would be talking about the importance of discerning God's word and its place in our life. And so each one of those sections, based on the words that were selected for those sections, they all kind of formulate up to a big idea. But we're going to be in uh, verses 1 through 8 today. 
And um, we're going to kick this series off with that. And then we've got 22 other sections uh, to choose from <laughs> for the next four weeks. This could be a 22-week series. Wouldn't that be great? Psalms, the book of Psalms is 150 chapters. That's three and a half years of teaching. Take us three and a half years just to go through the book of Psalms. And we did one chapter, one chapter a Sunday. Well, the book of Psalms, in Psalm 119, there's 22 sections in there. That could be a 22-week series. I mean, we could spend a lifetime just looking through the book of Psalms. And so I want to encourage you, uh, we're not going to do that here, but we have some great resources for you. I'd encourage you to take some time to study it on your own. But today we're going to be in uh, uh, verses uh, 1 through 8 in Psalm 119. So if you buy a Bible, uh, turn with me there. It's really easy to find, remember? <laughs> Go right to the middle. And so we're in uh, Psalm 119, beginning in verse 1. It says this, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but they walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways might be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all, you, all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart. I will learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not forsake me. And so the writer, as he reads through, if you read through these verses, you'll notice there's a couple of different ways he refers to God's word. There's percepts. He talks about statutes. He talks about law. And so there's, he talks about words. And so God's word has a couple of different references. We call this God's word. It's a word of God. It's also statutes. There's law in here. And so we see several different references um, that the writer um, will give um, to Scripture. But in all of them, he's pointing us to the reality of the blessing in life comes from being steadfast and keeping our eyes on his word. And so it is important for us that we understand where blessing comes from. When we talk about blessing, I think a lot of times uh, there's a lot of it. If you ever do a Google search on living the blessed life, you will be overwhelmed by things that you can do to get blessed. <laughs> you know, we have associated blessing with financial benefit, we have financial gain. And, and so, or so, you know, somebody, uh, my, my, my daughter sold her. I got my daughter's car. I was like, oh, it was a blessing. And so we think of blessing as material things. It's just by nature, you know, the human beings. I mean, we think of blessings as something material. But we are blessed beyond the material world. When we think about what it means to have our hearts set on God's word. There's blessing that comes from our relationship with Christ. There's blessing that comes from being rooted in his word. So that no matter what's going on in my life circumstantially, I can experience joy and blessing. And so blessing is that, is that joy that comes from uh, knowing that God's in control of my life no matter what's happening. That's a blessing. And so blessings as defined by God are completely different than what we would find as we look in the world uh, for their perspective on blessing. Blessed are those whose way is blameless. Blessing comes from evaluating our lives based on God's word, based on God's standard. You, know, you have an audience of one. You know, I, I have, I've raised four girls, and I always, you have an audience of one. Do not let, do not let the culture, do not let magazines, do not let guys inform your identity of who you are. You have an identity of one. There's one person that you need to please, and if you keep your eyes focused on him, he will guide and direct your paths. He will provide, he will bless you. You just need to keep trusting in him. You know, we need to hear that message today. Blessing comes from evaluating our lives based on God's standard, based on his words. 
Blessed are those whose way are blameless, blameless according to the law, who walk in the law of the Lord. And so when we walk in these percepts, we walk in these statutes, when we evaluate our lives based on this, this is where blessing comes from. It doesn't come from the people around you. It doesn't come from your circumstances. Blessing comes from being rooted in God's word. And we need to walk in his ways. And walking in his ways is the, is the, uh, is the, is the study and the reflection. And it's the using our mouths. It's the talking and listening. And so walking in his way doesn't, doesn't mean this. You know, it's not like walkie-walking. It's like it's being in it. I, I'm walking in this way. I'm not walking with the scoffers. I'm not walking with the sinners. I'm not, I'm not walking with those and, get, and getting wise counsel. I'm walking in God's way. And that's where blessing comes from. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who seek him with their half heart, who seek him with their quarter heart, who seek him with an eighth of a heart, who seek him just on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know. What does it mean to seek something with your whole heart? It means to be all in. It means to be all in. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about the importance of praying continually. It doesn't mean that you have to pray 24-7. I'm going to go sleep and then I'm going to pray all day. You know, we don't pray all day, but in your consciousness, when you think about it, stop and pray. In your consciousness, when you think about it, stop to reflect on a passage that you meditated on in the morning. This is one of the reasons why I love, I love uh, doing devotions in the morning, because if I can pick a passage, it kind of gives me an anchor for the day, all throughout the day, I can think, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if you will anchor yourself in your morning in a passage, just, just read a passage, just one passage, one verse, read something. If you'll anchor yourself in that, that's where the blessing comes from is it sustains you through the day. You know, seek him with your whole heart and, and give him your best. You know, that whole heart means he wants all of you. And so we seek him with our whole heart, and that's where the blessing comes from. And then we do no wrong, but we walk in his ways. You know, we walk in his ways. Blessing comes from being in God's word. Blessing comes from surrounding yourself with others who are in God's word. If you're going to get counsel, get it from somebody else that's read the, read the Bible. I don't ask the opinion of anybody that I don't think hasn't read scripture. Why do I want somebody's opinion that is not, you know, in God's word? Surround yourself with people that are going to give you wise counsel. You know, blessing comes from surrounding yourself with, with other people that are in God's word. It, it comes from, from standing with those that have a relationship with Christ. And it comes from avoiding those that mock or make fun of God and biblical values. Our blessing comes from the Lord and from his word. And that's not what we find in our culture. In fact, I, was, I found this last week. And how many have seen Elon Musk's quote? Anybody see that? <laughs> last week. So I, I actually really feel sorry for this guy because he went from being really affluent. Everything, every movie he's made in the public eye has been like worse. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse and worse. It's like, Twitter, really? Is that what you want to do? And then, and then now he's got a Twitter platform. It's like, dude, you need to delete your own account. <laughs> Seriously. You know, somebody had posted a tweet, you know, just, you know, bless you, Ian's blessed. You know, God's blessed him financially, right? I mean, if you look at it from a world perspective, you know, God's blessed him in so many different ways. And somebody had made a comment about how God's blessed him. And he said, you know, thank you for the blessing, but looks at this. But I'm okay with going to hell. I need your blessing. I'm okay with going to hell. If that is indeed my destination, since the vast majority of all humans ever born will be there. That's a, now, if you're friends with Ian Musk, I would say, go find somebody else to be friends with. 
I mean, so, and I know there's a lot of people trying to reach out to him. I mean, I had, I had a guy that uh, I was church planting with that moved to California because uh, he wanted to plant a church because he thought about how many people in Hollywood uh, don't have a relationship with Christ. And so, I mean, there's people that are trying to reach, you know, uh, Elon, right, you know, with the gospel. And so, but, you know, it's interesting because he recognizes the blessing. He's okay with going to hell if that indeed is his destination. He understands there's a choice, right? If that's where I'm going to go. And then the other thing that was interesting was he understood the vast majority of all human beings will be there. I mean, apart from Christ, that's where we're headed. And so, you know, Jesus lifts us up out of that miry pit. He's our rock. He's our redeemer. He's our savior. And so everything that's great about Jesus is the antithesis of what you find here. It's the complete opposite. And so this is an intentional rejection of blessing. And, you know, we see that all around in our culture today. You know, the, you know being able to pick up your Bible. If you, have, if you have done a devotion this morning, if you went to church on Sunday and you do a devotion every day during the week, statistically you are 2% of the world population. You realize that? Very few people do that. I mean, very few people are, are in God's Word. They're not walking that way. This is our world. This is the culture we're up against. And so you need to be here so that you can be encouraged to say, hey, you're not losing your mind. You're doing it right. Jesus is the only way. We need to encourage one another. Let us not forsake meeting together. All the more as we see the day approaching, we need to encourage one another in the faith. You're not losing your mind. The tomb was empty. The body was gone. Jesus is who he claimed to be, and that's where our hope is. Amen? And so we need to encourage each other because this is what you're going to find in the world. You're going to find people that are, that are scoffing at God's word. You're going to find people that are giving unbiblical counsel. You know, the, the world is not where you want to surround yourself with relationships. And it's not just a problem with the world. Because sometimes it happens within the walls of Christ. It happens within the, within the walls of the church. You know, there, you can, you, there, there are people that are overly religious, and they're just as dangerous as well. They lack the humility, and they're overconfident in who they are in Christ, and they don't think they need the law. And so when you come to Scripture, it's like, well, I don't need the law. I've got freedom in Christ right now. And so they pick and kind of choose what they want here. And that is just as dangerous as what we find out in your culture. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes of that in Romans 6. There's there's a group of people that are are talking about their freedom in Christ. And he he says this in uh, chapter 6. Are you able to sin because you're not under the law but under grace? In other words, because of your freedom in Christ, does that mean that you're not bound to this anymore? No, it doesn't. Jesus didn't come to replace this. He came to fulfill it. The law is important to us. And we need to read it. We need to understand it. We need to evaluate our lives against us. We don't get to do whatever we want just because of who we are in Christ. By no means. You can't do that. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one who obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? We need to be obedient to what we find in Scripture. You know, the law was written for our benefit. I had a conversation with someone not too long ago. They were talking about um, our, our free will to make choices. And they, and they uh, were talking about, you know, are we under the law? Are we kind of free to do what we want? You know, does God really, you know, are we really predestined in a way that God knows how we're living our lives out? And, and so uh, she compared life to a roller coaster. And she said, uh, I feel like I'm stuck on this roller coaster ride. And it's just, it's, it's going where I don't want to go. It's like, well, that's the purpose of a roller coaster is to enjoy the ride. <laughs> when I ride a roller coaster, I got my hands up. I'm screaming. I'm having a great time. I'm not going, oh, my gosh, it went left and I wanted to go right. You know, you don't get to go where you want to go on a roller coaster, right? That's not the purpose of the roller coaster. The purpose of God's law is not to suck the fun out of your life, but so that you can enjoy who God's created you to be. 
There's joy found in Scripture. It's not something designed to suck the fun out of life. It's designed so you can enjoy the fullness of life. And so we're, we need to decide where we're going to be obedient. We're going to be obedient to God's word, or we're going to let the people around us influence the way we think. We need to be obedient to God's word. Blessed are those who, whose way is blameless, who, who, who walk in the law of the Lord, and who keep testimonies and seek him with their whole heart. Blessing comes from walking in God's word. Psalm 1 really summed that up, uh, summed that up nicely. We looked at that earlier. Don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Don't do it. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of scoffers. You know, blessing comes from being in God's word, from surrounding yourself with others in God's word, and standing with those that have a relationship with Christ and avoiding those that mock um, God's word. As you move on into verses 3 through 8, he says this, You have commanded your percepts to be kept diligently. You know, these are here... You know, I love the Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, when they break, well, they're just guidelines anyway. They're not guidelines. <laughs> we don't just get to pick and choose in here. You, you, know, you know, a lot of, you need to watch the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's, it's really, if you don't know it, it's really a good scene because they're talking about the Pirates Code. And he goes, the heck with the code. Those are just guidelines anyway. They're not guidelines. <laughs> they're important. This is our roadmap to life. If you're going to head out to California, you can't say, eh, I'm going to go head towards Florida. You know, they're, they're our roadmap for life. They're, they're our guide, and, and we need to keep at them diligently. We need to be intentional about picking it up and reading it and looking at it. You know, and, and sometimes we get really busy, and if you're really busy, then, you know, sign up for a subscription. You version's got a thing, well, they'll just send you the daily verse every day, and so do something. Just have a verse drop in your inbox or have a text sent to your phone. Do something that reminds you throughout the day that we need to be diligent at keeping God's commands. They're not guidelines. They're, they're God's the roadmap for life. It's where we find fullness of life. It's where we find that fullness of life that Jesus promised us. We need to be diligent. Oh, that my ways might be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I will not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. And so as we move into this new year, it's an opportunity for us to say, I'm going to be diligent this year about thinking about what God has for me. It's important for us to do that individually. It's important for us to do that as a church. And so I think Psalms 119 really sets the stage for us as we move into this new year together. And, as we, and then uh, in February, we start to unpack the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at wisdom and how do we live with, a, with wisdom and make wise decisions. I, I can't think of a more important time than this, what's going on out there, than to ground ourselves in understanding of who God is and what he has for us individually and collectively together. We need to be diligent at keeping his commands, that our ways might be steadfast. There's no shame when we keep our eyes on his commandments. And so no matter what you've done, one of the beautiful things about coming to understand your need for a relationship with Christ is there is no shame now. There's no more condemnation in him. You know, like Paul says, we don't get to do what we want to do anymore, but we're no, there's nothing to be ashamed of. God knows everything we did anyway, right? There's nothing that you've done, nothing that you've thought that God doesn't already know. It's acknowledging that and then offering that up and saying, hey, forgive me for that. Help me to, help me to change my ways. You know, I'm, I'm going this way. I need to go that way. It's, it's talking about, we need God's word to change us. You know, we're a new creation in Christ. We're not still stuck back there. We come into a relationship with Christ and we are new and God has something so much more for us. And as a result of that, we can praise him and our focus on keeping his statutes and keeping our eyes focused on him. The ultimate, the ultimate blessing for us today is found in who we are in Christ. 
Ephesians 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God, of, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. And so blessing flows from the Father, and so there's blessing there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who then blesses us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Even as he, and then you get this whole list in Ephesians 1, of the blessings that are ours in Christ. Let me read some of them for you. Blessing in the heavenly places, even though he chose us before the foundation of the world. We've been chosen. Holy and blameless before him in love. We are holy and blameless. He has predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. We're we're beloved. We're his children now. We're beloved. In him, we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. We have the making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth. Verse 11, in him, we have obtained the inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him. Verse 13, in him who you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. I love that one. You have been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. If you've made a faith commitment with your head and your heart and you are in Christ and you are a Christ follower, you're sealed. You're his. It's like getting a check and putting it in the bank. The bank's got your money. You are sealed. There's, you, you, there's nothing you can do to lose it. Now, you need to make sure you have it, <laughs> right? But you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That seal is an unbreakable, it's an unbreakable seal who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession to it, until we acquire the possession of it until we either stand before him or he returns. We're living out those promises. You know, verse 17, we get wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. We have eyes of our hearts that are enlightened to the hope which he has called you. We get the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. We have blessing beyond blessing as a result of who we are in Christ today. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he has chosen us before the foundation of the world. We're holy and blameless. We're secure in his love. We're predestined to adoption. We're numbered among the beloved. There's redemption through his blood. There's forgiveness of sins. He's lavished riches of his grace on us. There's wisdom and insight. He's made known to us the mystery of his will. We've obtained an internal inheritance. We've heard the word of truth. We, we know what is true. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in us that was in him that is now in us. The eyes of our hearts are enlightened. We understand the hope of his calling. We receive the riches of his inheritance. Isn't that a great list? I mean, when we are rooted in God's word, when we are meditating on it, we are focused on it, these are all the things that he gives us. This is what blessing is. Hey, forget the new car. I know where I'm going. <laughs> you know, we need, to, we, need to, we need to reset our lives as we moved into this new year. And that's what Psalm 119 is going to help us do. You know, we're going to spend some time, we're going to think about what God has for us as we move into this new year. And I hope you'll continue with us over the next three weeks. And I want to encourage you also to sign up for that um, Bible reading plan. So if you haven't done that yet, um, you can do that today. Uh, All this information is on our website in our app. I just want to encourage you to to come alongside of one another and encourage one another in the faith as we move through this uh, new year together. Uh, You can pick up one of the resources, and if there's anything that we can do, uh, to help you to experience the fullness of that blessing that God promises us. I uh, would love the opportunity to talk with you. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you for this uh, day you've given us today. And um, I just thank you for the richness 
uh, of your word. God, I thank you for the Psalms. Um, thank you for your love for us. And um, I thank you for the security that we have. God, the, the, the promise that we can be sealed is, is just uh, something that is an encouragement to me to, every day. I can, I can wake up in the morning and, and just know um, who I belong to. I can know you've got a plan and purpose for me every day. Uh, we certainly know that you know what this year is going to look like. And so every year it seems like we get surprised by something. And so regardless of what happens in our lives uh, as we move throughout this next year, God, we know that you are in control. You know that you love us. And uh, God, we are just so grateful uh, for the hope that we have in Christ. And if there's any of my friends here this morning that have questions about what a relationship with Christ looks like, I pray that you would just draw them uh, into a closer relationship with you. I pray that they would find the, uh, the answers to the questions that they would have. God, I pray that we can help them to take that step of making a faith commitment. And uh, God, for those that have a relationship with Christ this morning, I pray that you would continue to grow us in our faith, God, so that we can fully appreciate uh, what we have in you and share that with others. And God, we commit this new year to you. Uh, we commit this ministry to you. We commit our lives to you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's rise together one more time in body or spirit and respond and worship to the word we've received this morning. Tis so sweet, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the saith the
Thank you so much for being with us on this beautiful New Year's Sunday. We are so glad to have spent this time with you. I pray now that you will go in faith to love and serve the Lord. Have a blessed, blessed day in him, and we will see you next Sunday.